Welcome to the Center for Internet Security's podcast, Cybersecurity Where You Are. Cybersecurity affects us all, whether we are at home, managing a company, supporting clients, or even running a state or local government. Join CIS's Sean Atkinson and Tony Sager as they discuss trends and threats, ways to implement controls and infrastructure, explore best practices, and interview experts in the industry. We are here to bring clarity to these complex issues to bring confidence in the connected world. Okay, welcome back to the Center for Internet Security's podcast, Cybersecurity Where You Are. Uh, in uh, in our regular series here, we take on some of the most interesting people and topics we can find in cybersecurity. And as, as always at CIS, our goal is to make things accessible, interesting, and useful in your daily cyber lives. Uh, special guest this time around, old friend, colleague, uh, and great cyber citizen, Ron Gula. Ron, welcome to, to our podcast. Tony, thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give a little bit of background here. So I knew Ron when he was a kid, and uh, I was not quite a kid at the time, but uh, Ron was part of the team uh, while he was still in uniform at the National Security Agency, one of the first, uh, if you'll pardon the old school expression, quote, hacker kids that became part of our workforce there. So uh, helped break a lot of ground and uh, chart the way for what's become mainstream work at NSA. So uh, our, my association with Ron goes back quite a ways. Uh, always a great respect for the work that he's done in industry and even more so in the work since. And we're going to talk today about uh, the work of the Gula Tech Foundation and particularly around neurodivergence. So Ron, uh, welcome. And uh, tell me a little bit about kind of the things that you and Cindy are doing with your foundation and your work as uh, advance some of the big ideas and big causes in cybersecurity. Tony, thanks so much to uh, have me on the Center for Internet Security podcast today. Um, yeah, so we're going to have a lot to talk about. But uh, yeah, first and foremost, Cindy and I started uh, Google Tech Adventures to do investing and Google the Google Tech Foundation to kind of focus on cyber philanthropy. And uh, we do some really interesting things in that we set up these million dollar grants that focus on cybersecurity nonprofits that are competitive. And we've done four grants so far in areas such as increasing engagement with the African-American community in cyber, raising awareness for, for boards about the role of the cyber, pushing something we call data care, which is an easier way to kind of talk about cybersecurity to the general public. And we're recording this now ahead of the RSA 2023. We're going to conclude our neurodiversity grant and we're going to do an award ceremony on Wednesday of that week. And Tony, I hope to see you there, as well as many of the other uh, Google Tech Foundation uh, grant committee members. Appreciate your, your input to all that. So uh, we're trying to focus on all things cyber since we've left Tenable Network Security. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, Ron, I have the greatest admiration for the work that you and Cindy do in this. What I really appreciate about it, I mean, you, this is a lot of money that you've put into the, um, you know, into good causes here. But what I really love is the grassroots uh, focus that you have, right? These are not you know, you're not aiming for giant research institutions, academics, and so forth, you know, in a, in a big, broad sense, but really very targeted topics and looking for, I think, really um, specific ideas to advance, right? And specific work that could advance ideas. So tell us about the inspiration or what, you know, why did you take that approach and, and what have you learned from taking that approach? So when we left, you know, Tenable, I'd spent you know, first of all, I learned a lot from my time at the NSA and folks such as yourself. And, and even though I was a kid back then, there were a whole bunch of folks that came forth, you know, in the 70s and 80s and kind of figured out how cybersecurity worked before they even called it cybersecurity. I never forgotten that. 
And I think the world constantly uh, relives learning, you know, those things, whether it's dealing with TikTok or, you know, can you do a cyber attack from a balloon over a, you know, nuclear missile base? So, so it's interesting. Um, but, you know, running Tenable, I basically got to see, you know, networks of all types all over the world, not patch their stuff, right? Not do cyber hygiene, not do stuff like that. So, so when it was time to move on from, from, from Tenable, Cindy and I were very much focused on what can we do for, for cyber? And it was really three areas, right? What can you whisper to a, a, a politician, a leader, an executive, you know, that sort of thing. You call that, uh, you know, political engagement. It was um, trying to get more people into this business and trying to get better technology. Like, I don't think it's just tech or just people. And so when we looked at doing this from a philanthropic point of view, we spent, you know, we spent a lot of time at the Hewlett Foundation, spent some time with, with Craig Newmark, just getting some feedback and whatnot. And what I found was that, boy, there's a lot of different ways to, you know, to, to give money away, but we wanted to approach it to be very thoughtful and very, be very purposeful. And in much the ways, the same way that we do business investing, where we're looking for people who are efficient with their, their grants and their money and have purpose. So uh, we did the Gula Tech Foundation and we just, you know, we ask people who are working on cybersecurity and different social issues to step forward and compete. And uh, we've, you know, it's more than just money. We give them a lot of grassroots effort. Uh, you know, we're, this is the first RSA where we're doing the award ceremony post COVID. We're having a lot of our winners come and, uh, you know, meet other cyber executives. And this is what we want. We want engagement, we want connections, and we want, uh, we want to focus on issues and move forward. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the most inspiring things I find in, in the work that you guys are doing, which is, yeah, it's not writing checks and, you know, feeling good about it and walking away, right? You're building relationships, uh, connections between some of the, the folks that are uh, part of the process. And again, I really just enjoy being a part of the, you know, sort of grassroots, the building this up, right? And, you know, you and I both benefited from the folks that came before us, right? That that our, none of our careers is a standalone of, you know, individual brilliance, but is sort of a collective, uh, you know, gathering of friends and supporters and mentors and leaders that you saw. So I think it's, you know, it's a, it's hard to imagine a better give back activity than what, what you guys are doing. Any particular of the winners that you've had before, any stories of like folks that you've tracked or helped connect or, you know, that have gone on to really take what you've done and, um, you know, build upon it? Well, there, it's it's interesting because you know we're just one piece of you know somebody's puzzle and somebody's you know uh, ecosystem and whatnot. But we've seen a lot of similarities with cybersecurity investing with the nonprofits in that if you get involved and you 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 invest in a company, you you um, you know give them guidance and, and so they, hopefully they do better, right? They get more customers, better technology, maybe go on to receive better investment. And we've seen something very similar with the cybersecurity nonprofits. And, you know, so when we had a uh, winner from the last two grants ago, uh, get, in a, get a grant uh, from the Balmer Foundation, right? So they got maybe like, I think $300,000 from us and Balmer wrote them a check for like, like 3 million. Uh, NPower, which is uh, focused on uh, getting cybersecurity and IT training for, you know, inner city, typical uh, demographics who don't have a chance to go uh, to on for their education. They were at the White House. Uh, the CEO was actually at the White House doing a cybersecurity summit. And this was on top of getting, you know, grants from the Department of Homeland Security, uh, CISA. So, you know, a lot of times this is just the, if you think about cybersecurity nonprofits as business people, we think of them as, well, they don't know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're businesses. They don't make money. 
you know, that's not true, right? They have life cycles. They do name changes. They go through boards. They go through a lot of stuff like that. So they, they can step up and, and empower more people. Yeah, the uh, you know the parallelism between you, you and Cindy's lives as investors as well as philanthropists, you know, it seems to be a, a, a wonderful synergy, right? You you sort of know what to look for for success in terms of the success of a company, but also as a nonprofit. As you said, you know, we we you know we're a nonprofit. We we live among nonprofits, and uh, you know many of them do struggle with what are the basic business issues, and you know there's all this save the world, good intention, you know, tough social issue. But at the end of the day, if you can't sustain it, then you don't get the kind of impact that you want. So uh, you know, your ability and to sort of bring, you know, a, a balanced perspective there is amazing. And I think one of the things that Cindy and I have learned is you have to be purposeful and you have to be, be focused. And, but it's kind of hard to do that in today's society. Like the very first, you know, grant we did was a million dollars to cybersecurity nonprofits that increased you know, engagement with African-Americans. Well, do you say African-American? Do you say black? Right. And it's like, how do you, there, there's no sort of like, you know, council that you go to and get permission. And, and it's this, it's this weird thing we're navigating. And in almost every grant that we've done, we've run into some sort of, you, you know, you call it, call it, um, uh, there's always somebody trying to like, you know, take, take the issue and make it, make it broader and, and, and whatnot. And I've really felt that this has held back the cybersecurity ecosystem and that they have intent to want to engage, but then they kind of get pushed back, uh, you know, either on government policies or, or um, you know, just they're afraid to say something a certain way when the intent is really there. So, so that's, that's, that's what we found. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, so, yeah, because I gave you kudos for being uh, very specific, right? you're trying to get specific things done and the more specific you are in some sense you you know you raise a flag or become a target for you know messages that are floating around in the social ether here and so I think but you know you guys have have carried through right you you have uh, taken good ideas good intentions and really turned them into execution so that's amazing so tell me about your current uh, program that's out there and what's what's going to be announced at RSA and sort of what were you thinking and what what were the kinds of things that you're looking for in those applications? So we the current uh, one we're doing is is trying to increase um, engagement with uh, in cyber, which we consider IT and cybersecurity, uh, with neurodiversity, uh, neurodiverse individuals. So that that includes you know ADHD, autism, uh, a host of other kind of uh, abilities. And it's like you know if you really get into this, you start getting triggered if you if you say words like you know disabilities and and, and whatnot. So you try to kind of choose your words because all about being inclusive. But, you know, one of the things we found when we started going into this is that, you know, Hollywood, like the same way that they've kind of miscasted hackers, they've also kind of miscast, uh, you know, people with autism. And a lot of people in IT, they kind of imagine Rain Man and they, they think that, uh, you know, folks with autism can somehow just, you know, reverse engineer malware, you know, better because they're focused or be really good. And, and of course, there's a lot of misconceptions out there and, and, and whatnot. So. And the other thing is there's not a lot of numbers. Like when you think about the greater social issues, like trying to increase diversity, number of women, number of you know, African-Americans in cyber, you know, there's no number like, you know, we've got to have like 2% people that are neurodiversity because we just don't have that kind of stuff, but we need everybody in this fight. So, um, so we got a whole bunch of uh, nonprofits. We've announced our uh, finalists at this point. We'll announce the winners at, at RSA, of course, 
And it was really interesting. There was a lot of different ones. Uh, for example, one I thought was interesting in Maryland uh, was a company called uh, Melwood. And this is a uh, organization that did, uh, they, they just got started with trees and gardening. And they would teach people with uh, mostly autism, but you know, a lot of these folks, if you set up to do that, they can do many, you know, different, uh, different, different neurodiversity issues. But they eventually had an IT program, and now they've got a great program where they've put hundreds of people through the cyberary uh, sort of uh, training program, but also in a way that's done with autism, uh, people who have autism, you know, high autism, low autism, whatnot. And um, they all have programs to, to put people to work. Like a lot of times when we had people apply to this, they would say, they would tell us their completion rates. And it was interesting because they're talking about both the completion rate of people who start the programs and finish them, but then the people who finish them and then get a job or some sort of, uh, of internship. So we've seen a lot of different uh, things. We typically see broad and narrow focuses. Like some people are proud that they put 10 people with autism to work uh, in IT and cyber. And you know we have some of those finalists as, as well. And there's others like universities who have hundreds of thousands of people that have gone through their course at a higher level of engineering, cybersecurity, and computer science. So it's it's quite quite a different um, grant that we've done because it is such a broad opportunity to engage this community. I mean, did you have a sense of what that community looked like before you started this program or what 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 led you to pick this? And so it's it's funny. I mean, you know, I'm not a, you know, uh, an expert in this area, not a, a sociologist or things like that. But, you know, when you do programs like this, you get the side conversations of this is really impactful and whatnot. But with, with this program in particular, it's like, you know, you have people coming up saying, I have a son who's autistic. I have a daughter who's autistic. I have a, a autism in the family. Or, I've got a program. Like a lot of people will tell me about, um, it, as much as this is a nonprofit program, they would tell me about businesses who have programs in this area. And I always like to point out that businesses actually do a lot of force for good these days. And, and a lot of folks in the nonprofit world kind of look at businesses sometimes as, a, um, as an evil entity, for-profit only, you know, that, that, that sort of thing. But I constantly kept running into nonprofits who had great relationships with businesses as a pipeline of talent who is ADHD or, you know, different types of, of, of um, you know, we'll call it functioning, uh, you know, autism and, and, mm -hmm. and other types of neurodiversion issues. Yeah, that, and, you know, as you know, we, we've discussed this, uh, you know, outside of this, this venue, uh, the, the role of nonprofits in cyber right, is a, is vast and, and I'd say underappreciated, you know, but this essential role of sort of help, helping, you know, work everything from the uh, availability of people in the workforce. And as you said, building relationships, right, this is not about you know, combat among for-profit, non-profit kind of things, but but the opportunity to, you know, to tackle some of these both technical mission and social issues, you know, with a spec with a spectrum of participants, right? Each doing their part. So I think that's a, a and I story. think I mean Tony, you've had a great involvement with uh, nonprofit cyber, of course, Center for Internet Security is a nonprofit organization, but but there's so many different things out there when it comes to public education, uh, career development. You know, unlike flying an airplane where you actually have to have an airplane or becoming a doctor where you actually have to go to, you know, work on cadavers or do tests and stuff like that, you can learn just about everything you need to do in cyber from a computer. And of course, having a computer and internet access is a barrier for some communities, but it's such an opportunity to, uh, to push it out there. 
we think this is a great career and uh, we want to get more people involved and nonprofits have a great way of doing that. Nonprofits also have a great way of like just educating the leaders. You know, there's a lot of think tanks out there that, that do studies and, uh, you know, try to, you know, create that next sort of mid-level management in the government of, uh, of cyber leaders, which is important as well. Yeah. Yeah. I look at, um, you know, rightfully, there's the sort of national focus on workforce and getting more people into the workplace. And a lot of it is around, you know, the role of computer science programs, traditional ones, engineering programs and things like that. And, and those are all important and so forth. But, you know, when you look around the, the generation that you represent and, you know, me a little older, um, none of us went through a formal program in this, right? We, we learned from a computer on our desk. We were fascinated by technology and just having access to that, you know, was the catalyst to drive us to, you know, long, uh, satisfying and impactful careers. And, you know, so it's not all about the academic institutions and we need them, but also this availability of the resource, as you described, and then just the opportunity, right, to express creativity, to learn on your own. You know, I learned more by repairing computers that were donated to the National Federation of the Blind. That's, that was like my hands-on, you know, assemble PCs from scratch experience. And uh, I didn't think of it as education. I thought I was just helping out a, you know, a friend who was involved in that kind of stuff. And it turned out to be, you know, learning how things are broken is great training for vulnerability analysis, right? For the kinds of careers that, that we had. So I think that's, again, that's another reason I really respect the work that you guys do because you're, you know, you're looking across that whole range but you were also describing that you learned a lot from all this too, right? That it's not, again, a passive activity, but it's an active one. You have to learn where are the sources? What are the issues? What is the language? What are the employment needs? So I really think, uh, you know, that, that, that that's been a big, uh, I, I think you would probably call it a growth experience for you and Cindy also. One of the biggest things we learned is still a little disappointing and disheartening is that cyber people tend to live in a bubble. And... When you talk to people outside of cyber, they have no idea what we're talking about. So for example, one of the business things we did, we had a grant to try to bring, you know, cyber expertise to the boardroom. And we were hoping to engage, you know, how many, how many schools have you seen where you can go get your, like your master's in business and, you know, get your board qualified, get your board ready and that, that sort of thing to understand, you know, risk and compensation committees and stuff like that. Let's go teach those people cyber. We actually had a lot of conversations with schools who were like, well, it's not really a boardroom issue. Really, it's not a boardroom issue, right? You know, it's crazy. So it's, it's, um, we live in a bubble and that's the biggest thing that I've that's, learned. No, that's you know, a we're great trying point. to break that bubble. Because I, you know, I, people ask me uh, about some of the origins of uh, formalized red teaming, you know, DOD and stuff that we we're doing. Said, said people tend to lose sight. They, the actual, I, as I go back to read history, I, the real reason for red teaming in the early days was to create drama. You know, we have to get the generals to care. We have to get the senior decision makers to care. And that, wow, if people don't have enough data right now to care, what are they paying attention to? <laughs> you know, but it is a, a challenge, right? For those of us that live and breathe this kind of stuff. Uh, and this broader theme, like, you know, when you talked about, uh, you know, your earlier programs, like uh, speaking, to, speaking to executives and to boards, uh, data care, an alternate language, or, right? The less techie language, you know, that is about making the issues more accessible to not to more techies, but to people that make decisions that have tremendous implications, right? They're driven by security, driven by cyber issues. And, yeah, uh, you know, that's, that's a wonderful Let's talk about activity. data care. Can we do that? Sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I will be disappointed if you didn't bring it up. Or oh, I'll be amazed God. if you didn't so, bring it up. You know, the term cybersecurity 
is mm-hmm. is uh, it's a non-starter for a, a huge number of people. So mm-hmm. so one, the word security in it. If you are come from a, a you know social economic background where you you know the police are not necessarily a good thing when they show up, you know you're not going to think of going into the security industry. And I've seen this with both recruiting for law enforcement, recruiting for um, you know just just other types of, of security and safety businesses. It's not something that appeals to people. So it's 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 interesting. And if you also think about cybersecurity, we constantly talk about it like we're running into the fire, right? We're going to go engage China and Russia on our networks, right? And there's certain people that appeal to that, but there's also, you know, people who are don't they don't want to be an EMT, right? They want to be a nurse, they want to be an X-ray technician, they want to be more of that support, longer-term care type of thing. And you know, we really found when we talked a lot to to just large parts of the population, a lot. A lot of women, but but there's just a certain uh, part of the population who's not going to run into the fire, but they want to be there to make sure the building never burnt down in the first place, right? So anyway, we would tell people that there's so many careers in cyber, you're not logging into a network and fighting China every day, right? You're educating your users, you're doing... So we just found ourselves saying, you're taking care a lot. And then Cindy kind of said, let's just call it data care. And everybody understands how healthcare works, that there's a brain surgeons and there's insurance people. It's literally the same thing in, in cybersecurity. But when you say cybersecurity, people say, I have an antivirus, or it's the people in IT's job and they have no responsibility at all. Data care checks a lot of boxes when you talk about it like that, because you know it's it's just something that a lot of people outside of cyber resonate with. Now you're you're a, you're focused there, right? Away from technology to the what what does it mean, right? Well, the protection of data and the care aspect of like someone was just reminding me of a one of our mutual uh, work colleagues from decades ago. He had this saying and this firefighter mentality, you know, with all respect to the amazing human beings that fight fires on our behalf, but his slang was uh, fire firefighters are heroes, sprinkler installers are zeros. You know, we grew up in this culture, right? There was more glory in the fight than in the prevention, than in the care, than in the management of, you know, of problems before they become problems. And that has been, I think, part of our struggle as an industry that we mm-hmm. like, you know, heroes are, hey, it's, it's great. We need heroes, no question. But, you know, uh, many of the things, as we both know, as you know, you've studied over the years and me too, right? Man, we're fighting a lot of fights that should have been won a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's almost embarrassing as a professional. It is embarrassing. You know that we're still fighting the basic fights of where did my email come from? Is this website safe? And, and it's, you know, just just mundane kind of things. And as as an industry, you know, we don't stand up enough for things like you know transparent uh, encryption, you know, universal identities, because then you then you start getting into oh my god, you're talking about voter registrations and requiring IDs. Like no, I'd like to make sure that the people who email me and send me letters. You know, I know who they are, you know, and it's it's uh, it's funny as a society that we have not progressed into that. And those are sort of like non-starter issues for people in Congress right now. And although it would benefit the country quite a bit. Yeah, there there are certainly hot button red flag kinds of things. And yet, you know, it would be unacceptable to walk into, for example, a doctor's office without knowing that they've been professionally certified, Mm -hmm. tested, et cetera, et cetera. We we have a pretty high expectation when it comes to the other risky aspects of our lives, flying on commercial planes, public health and all that. I mean, I used to say, I, I have better information to choose my auto mechanic than I do a cyber professional. You know, between 
industry certifications uh, and then sort of public things like reviews and so forth that are available to me. And, well, it's interesting because then TikTok is mm -hmm. a very interesting social experiment because, you know, so it's a Chinese owned company. Yep. Uh, first, we had Huawei, right? So I think mm -hmm. the government was right to ban, you know, a router that could possibly, you know, send data back to back to a, a competing nation state. But the average person doesn't, that doesn't, that's not personal, right? And that's the thing we're trying to do with data care is make it, make it personal. But TikTok, very personal, right? We all have seen the videos. We probably all have somebody in our family who does, you know, TikTok videos and stuff. And then you start saying, ooh, the Chinese government's going to get your voice in your face. And now we look at the deep fakes and we look at what it takes to create fake personas and whatnot. That's actually a real concern for people. It's, it used to be science fiction. Now it's something people talk about on talk shows. Yeah, these are uh, those are deep issues around the sort of future of um, how we maintain kind of social trust, right? All these things are are so huge. Let's come back to the to your uh, theme for this grant around the neurodivergence. So, so in the in the homework that you guys do, what have you learned in terms of the both the field, but also, you know, in terms of um, what we who are employers or supervisors or so forth should be thinking about differently. Uh, to address a, a population that, you know, we've always had people who are different in cybersecurity for a lot of reasons. And maybe at the time we didn't have language for it. And today we do. But, you know, um, it always felt like before the, the goal was to help fit them into the system as it exists. And now I think we're, we're a lot more uh, open and thoughtful about these kinds of things, right? How do we adapt the system to take advantage of what people can bring here? Any thoughts about the, the sort of future of this? Yeah, so we, we learned a couple of things. Uh, you know, if, if, if people approach this from a pure diversity point of view, it's not really going to work. Because if you, know, you can look at somebody, you can see that they're African-American, right? You can look for somebody and generally, you know, see if, see if they're a woman. Uh, no, no. I'm not talking about the um, you know transgender and whatnot, but for the most part, people have those kind of programs. Even transgender, I guess they they can do. It. It's kind of hard to look at somebody and say they're autistic. They they're they're kind of on the scale, right? And they might have ADHD. They might be medicated, right? And all of those words can even be trigger words, right? So there's no sort of um, what I'm gonna. I, I haven't found like any type of gold standard, you know, for. Oh, if you're an employer of a thousand people and you're in this, you know, you should do X, Y, and Z, right? Because we don't have huge organizations like we do in cyber, where we've got uh, cybersity, you know, that primarily African Americans, but but diversity, right? Oasis, you know, uh, does does a lot for women in cyber. We haven't seen a lot in 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 the autism, and it's because, frankly, you know, sometimes you can't get. Um, you know, uh, consistent uh, a pipeline of people. So you don't have people who are like, oh yeah, we've been employing autistic people to do X, Y, and Z for for free. So it's a smaller part of our, 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 our thing. So what I tell people is like, look, you know, there's nothing that says you have to do this, right? You have to want to do this and you need to pick your own victory. Like if you're, if, you're, if you have a hundred person SOC team and you decide, hey, we want to have at least two or three people who we wouldn't normally hire unless we've made special exceptions, and made and purposely invited these people into it. That's your success. So, and I think that's what we need as a culture to to engage uh, these these types of organizations. Now, if you're lucky enough to to have a relationship with uh, any like the the grant finalists uh, for this, they all have different approaches. So, for example, I'm here in Howard County. We have the Howard County Autism Society, and they have approaches more on the IT side. So, if you're looking for coders who are autistic, 
you're not going to get that from uh, you know from this. So you have to kind of be purposeful. And what do you want to achieve? Why do you want to achieve it? Um, is it part of your culture? And uh, and 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 go forth accordingly. Yeah, but I guess the impression you leave me with is that there are local resources, likely uh, that could be that an employer could reach out to find build relationships with and so forth that might help them with that. But I appreciate yeah, there's a lot of local. And but what we've seen is that, you know, we don't see a lot in IT. There's a lot of workforce development programs with 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 different types of uh, of, of communities where, you know, I, I, it's so hard to be, you know, stereotypical and not not be accused of that. But a lot of them go into the more menial work jobs, right? Janitorial, uh, cooking, uh, facilities, that type of thing. We're trying to be very purposeful about, can we get engagement in IT, whether it's help desk, building computers, provisioning computers, um, you know, provisioning phones, you know, anything that, uh, that, that, that like that. And then the same thing in cybersecurity. Uh, there's a lot of people out there in, in our field. And, and this is where it gets kind of funny. Everybody's like, oh, that guy's on the spectrum, right? That guy's a little too focused, right? That's exactly what we're talking about, right? There's probably people that you're working with who have issues, they might even be on medication to maintain certain things. And we just don't have that conversation. Maybe HR knows about it, but we don't know about it. And we're certainly not, I, I, I honestly believe that there's more people who can contribute to, to the defense of the country with, with this background. And we have to we have to be more purposeful about engaging them. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fascinating. I, I, you know, we've, we, uh, you know, both our careers started at NSA. And so there's a, you know, there was a high, Variety of people, right? That they were engaged in those. The, the the classic was the NSA mathematician, of course. The yeah, and by the way, many of them fit fit kind of the, the cartoonish version of that. But you know, some amazing people who might have had some awkwardness or some social, you know, thing that was um, uh, different about them. And uh, you know, again, at that time, we didn't think of it in the terms that we think of it today. But again, some of the most talented people I knew, you know, we found a way to work with, right? And, and that, that was... Uh, and then, you know, one of the things I've seen is, again, I'll go back to that Hollywood comment that, you know, people said, oh, we, 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 we made a program, we, we hired some, some, uh, some folks with these, these kind of backgrounds, and they produced the same thing that everybody else produced, almost like they were disappointed because we've just seen these movies about autistic people who can break cryptography and, you know, play symphonies and stuff like that. And there's, those people exist, but they're the exception. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's more about making do to get, to get more people to do the work. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like people used to treat the, you know, the red teams at NSA, right? They're, they must be magic. Yeah. They're oh, professionals. We were, we were, we, we were. Yeah. We were. And, yeah. And if you treat it as magic, then you're either going to be disappointed or you're, you know, you'll sort of misuse the resources that you have and lose that opportunity for, for good production and for, you know, advancing the cause and so forth. All right. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to come back on the data care thing. You're, you're, you've slowly won me over over time, by the way, Ron, for your, your compelling argument that you and Cindy have uh, worked through. Again, we, we need a language that is um, accessible, capture, you know, that that's true, right? Captures the essence of what we're trying to achieve here, but is turns it from a discussion between technologists to a discussion about the social implications of cyber issues. And I think that's that's fair and that's consistent with what we're seeing more broadly, you know, that cyber has become a mainstream issue, you know, for insurance companies, judges, lawyers, regulators, you know, you there's no aspect of our lives that isn't dependent upon it. At the same time, we're not going to teach everyone to become an IT speaker. You know, it's not 
it's not rational to do that. And we don't do that in any other domain either. Uh, we are, there is, there is an understanding that we know how to take heavy technology, you know, say it's research and viruses or whatever, uh, and translate it into action. You know, what should the populace do? What should our behaviors be in order to, you know, um, take advantage of our knowledge that's that's deep and not accessible to to um, you know to the average citizen, and that's fair. And that's the way we manage a lot of this. All right. So, any thoughts about your next topic, Ron? No pressure here, but you guys have done such a great job of identifying interesting, useful, and important things. Uh, been thinking about the next one. I, I have, and uh, typically what we do is we you know we get a lot of input from people. We 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 always get people who want to um, you know brief us on on their nonprofit programs and whatnot and we, we can't meet with everybody but there, there's a lot of different different things out there um i've had a lot of things i'd love to do i'd love to do more um uh, senior education of, uh, of, of of maybe politicians maybe at the state level that sort of thing that kind of borders lines on you know some of the work that think tanks do so it's got to be very purposeful right we can't you know we can't just kind of say uh, like we we purposely didn't want to do like another think tank or anything like that, but there's a lot of those guys like that out there. We haven't done anything to help women uh, kind of get in, but but frankly, women have made a lot of progress. Uh, in, and I'm not saying we're done, right? But that's that's always a topic that that we've thought about. And uh, but at the same time, we just didn't want to go to like every social issue and like do a cyber thing for that social issue. So I, we're probably going to go back and do more uh, education, maybe something more specific. Um, one of the winners of the conference in data care was the National Cryptological uh, Foundation, and they actually produced a booklet uh, being cyber savvy, and it was targeted seniors, targeted senior citizens, and uh, you know that was really really uh, successful. They got like you know hundreds of thousands of those pamphlets out there, and you know, we can probably do uh, do do more. The um, you know we're always always looking for ways to push data care. You know there's, there's things like maybe trying to get um, you know film students out there. One of the winners, oh, I'm going to blank right now, Jenny Shirley came from here, but um, she was an advisor. Um, oh, I, I know what you mean. Uh, it was I, a, uh, I know. yeah, yeah I, I'll apologize right now. Uh, but they, mm -hmm. they were, they were one of the recipients and, um, uh, but they produced like uh, Sunday morning videos, you know, about cybersecurity and, 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 and things like that. And uh, so, you know, there's always ways to go back and, and double down on, uh, on things. We've never done individual grants. We, we've been asked for that quite a bit. Hey, can you do some sort of competition and sponsor, uh, you know, college grants, uh, certifications, things like that. And, and that's always interesting because, you know, we're, I'm on the board of Cyberary where we invest in that. And I don't just want to give grants to, 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 to benefit that, but there's, there's things like that, that we've, we've done. And I know you're involved with SANS, used to be involved with SANS and there's been stuff like that. So anyway, there's large numbers of things. We haven't really gone outside of the U.S. We're not really planning on going outside of the U.S., but but those are some of the things that we're uh, we're, we're looking at. Yeah. Okay. No, that's all right. Uh, you know, just in the, again, Ron, all kudos to you and Cindy. Just an astounding range of goodwill that you've created and action. So, uh, you know, you are you are like prime examples of great citizens in this business. You know, people well, who are living at it. Too kind. Too kind. Oh no, all, all good. And uh, thank you for having me as. You know, to be part of your extended team to to help look at some of these things. Uh, any other any other things you'd like to leave the audience with? Uh, as long as we're here, I again I appreciate the your um, background on data care and sort of thoughtful thinking and and it's part of a bigger theme of this. You know we we've got to bring all hands to bear on this right technical public policy 
regular citizens. So, but any other thoughts you care to leave? Yeah, I, I would probably close with that. If if your audience is watching, they're they're either Tony fans, Center for Internet Security fans, but they're probably involved with with cybersecurity. So I would double down on. But if you're talking to non-cyber people, you know, use that data care thing. But at the same time, you realize that if you're, you know, dealing with Center for Internet Security because you're hardening a computer or looking for best practice guides or trying to, you know, harmonize your compliance frameworks, whatever's going on there, you're actually doing a very noble thing for the country. And you should be very proud of what you're doing. And you should probably be more direct about, you know, having a more prominent role with whatever organization you're defending. Because the world we're going into is not just going to be China and Russia. We're probably going to have rogue AIs and aliens attacking us from space over the internet pretty soon. So you have to shore up your defenses, be confident in what you're doing, and make sure you're protecting, you know, your organization's data. No, great, great advice. And yeah, it is a it is a noble calling here, right? You have to you have to be prepared for the long haul if you're going to come into this business. And it's um, at the same time, you know, both of us can look back with a perspective of wow, what a what a great career. You know the the chance to learn, be around great people, do something useful for the community at large. It's 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 hard to beat as a career choice. Uh, how about the last plug for the event at RSA where you're going to be announcing the winners of your? Yeah, so I'm just going to confirm the date on my calendar over here. So it's I'm April sure. 26, uh, which is a Wednesday at RSA at noon, and it's going to be in the main conference hall. So the event you have to be an RSA attendee. It's not open to the general public. So if you're at RSA. And I would suggest that if you're uh, a, on a, a, a cybersecurity team at a company, if you're a, on a threat team and you have any notions at all about trying to engage the neurodivergent community, uh, one of the things you're going to do is you're going to be able to come and see, we're going to have about four of our winners. We actually have a tie for third place. I'm not giving away too much here. Uh, so we're going to have four winners and they're going to talk about their programs and you'll be able to meet them and they're asking to meet you. So if you're at RSA, please come to our event. Hope to see you there. Oh, what a great opportunity! Thanks. Yeah. And, oh, I didn't uh, share with you, Ron. I won't. I won't be there at RSA this year. My Susan and I will be bicycling in Japan, so uh, it's it just happened to work out that way. California. So, if you want to learn about neurodiversity, come to the RSA conference. If you want to go cycling in Japan, go with Tony. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can find room for another. Ron, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to catch up with you. We uh, and I appreciate you know the 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 associations that have bring us back together regularly here over the years. And you're, you're part of the fond memories I have of the early days of my career. And I uh, just can only stand back in awe at the work that you and Cindy do, you know, both in technology and in philanthropy. Wouldn't have been able to do it if I didn't uh, learn from the best, including you. So good stuff. <laughs> you're kind. Thank you so much. And to the audience, thanks again for uh, joining us here. We know your time's valuable, but here at the Center for Net Security, we're happy to uh, address topics of interest to you. So drop us a note, uh, go to our website. We'll, we'll take your suggestions for topics, guests, et cetera. And uh, you, you can subscribe to us in the usual ways that you find uh, find us and I look forward to speaking to you again at our next episode. So thank you again. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you are interested in learning more about how to grow your cybersecurity program, the free tools available to help you on your journey or to get involved with the CIS volunteer community, visit our website at cisecurity.org. Start secure and stay secure.